0: Welcome. I'm J. Michael Silver, and this is Foundational Steps, the show where I talk with people about the choices they've made and how they get to where they are in life now. I've got a great conversation for you today. In this episode, I'm talking with my friend, Nick Ilachi. Nick is a top real estate agent in Los Angeles. We get deep in this episode. We talk about his coming out, his life partner, unexpectedly raising a child, and a lot more. Links to Nick are in the show notes and timestamps for everything that came up. Please support the show by leaving a comment or a review. I'd love to hear your thoughts and check out our affiliate links in the show notes. Might be something valuable. Enjoy the conversation. All right, cool. Welcome to the show, Nick. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, this is awesome. Uh so, yeah, tell me uh if you could just kind of where did it all begin for you? Where do you feel your journey began that And and I'll clarify that a little bit because you know, I oftentimes will say four years old for me, like Okay. Like that's where I kind of had an awareness of certain things. Um you know, my grandfather started telling me crazy stories and my and my imagination just started going wild. So um, what's your earliest memory that where like you felt like oh my god like i i'm i'm a conscious being you know right doing life um that's that's a good question i would say
1: i mean probably most significant definitely elementary years uh probably third grade and this is specific situation but it's what i can pin down to because in a nutshell, probably adolescence, high school, like where my journey probably authentically began, Mm -hmm. but specifically third grade was probably the moment where I realized like, okay, being in tune with my thoughts was different because I think I identified at that moment, like, oh, I'm gay, like, I, and that's specific to me, so that's where, that's, yeah. what I, what I point out to, but I didn't know, I didn't really know, that's just where the journey began of figuring out, what does this mean, like, oh, these feelings towards a best friend that are just, my thoughts are just, oh, it's my best friend, like, whatever, um, so it was, think-
0: it was at that moment, then, you, recognized or realized that your thoughts your feelings were your own and they were unique to you yeah Mm -hmm. that's a that's a pretty powerful moment
1: but but it's it's not really look until I look back and I'm like that was the identifying identifying moment was third grade um
0: well I mean you're you're raising a son now right right Mm -hmm. so um I mean you can see that because I've worked with kids. I mean, I started, you know, teaching kids swimming uh, when I was still a kid, you know, I was working, you know, 15, I was, you know, teaching kids who were, you know, five years old and I could see an awareness in their eyes. I could, I could see that they understood me, but I could also see that they didn't have the context or the, the words to be able to communicate. Um, Right. and, And so I kind of feel like that's what you're, you're sharing is, you had an awareness that now you can very clearly, uh, put words to, but at the time it was just this, this amorphous thing that was yet to be fully defined by your ability to speak about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And
1: now, like you said, um, my kid is, is around that age. He's, he's in second grade going into third. So you you definitely can see the curiosity the questions and Mm -hmm. just just about life in general so now looking back I'm like oh okay that makes sense you know how old is
0: how old is third grade
1: eight so he's he's seven turning eight yeah
0: so he's right there So that's about
1: yeah yeah but so I mean really though that that was the start um, indicator of the journey but it really the discovery wasn't really until high school um, or middle school to high school which is like most people but mm. I would say that kind of is where the journey started because there was a lot of uh, inner dialogue I mean as most people go through uh, in that situation but there was just a lot of you know just a lack of true identity because I didn't, I didn't know, like at that point in time, I wasn't sure if like that inner self of who I was was really who I was or who I wanted to be. But like, there was just a lot of conflict. So even though I had a solid group of friends from the age of like, kinder years through to middle school and high school, there was this always this like feeling of pretending or being fake or like, Mm. not, not like, Ha- like having friends for ten years or five years, let's say from middle school to senior year, and them not really knowing because I did so that's for me where my journey started because at least in that aspect, and that's just like one aspect of my life was like I felt like they didn't really know who I was, mm-hmm. you know, and so I was just you know going through the motions of like they know me to a point, and it's just like you live. I at least lived every day, like wanting it to just like wanting to start fresh. So that yeah. was kind of like, for me was every time I got to a point where I felt uncomfortable, I just like wanted to start over. Um,
0: so yeah. that, that that's, that's really interesting. And I kind of feel there's a, there's a universal truth in there as far as like managing our self-talk and, right. you know, whatever. Whatever our self talk is, which, you know, depending on, you know, your journey and everyone's journey, it could be incredibly negative. It can be incredibly positive. It can be a mix. Uh, I think probably more common than anything else, it's going to be a mix, uh, hopefully, at least, because I feel like if it's just all negative, that's no good. Uh, and if it's all positive, that's probably no good either. Um, but did you develop any techniques or did you, like, was there anything? along you know those first few years where you heard someone say something or you read something or that you just kind of figured out for yourself that made that managing that self-talk easier um
1: definitely not in high school it really wasn't until my early to mid-20s so high school was like so I grew up uh Catholic like Mm -hmm. my mom was very very Catholic and environment that I grew up in it it was great and everything like again on the outside I had a big support system I had awesome family I had really cool friends I was in athletics like it was everything was great and the the funny like twist to it is I have a twin brother Mm -hmm. and who is also gay and so we Uh, all shared I uh, fraternal but like we were really close and so let's just start at least in that aspect we always knew somehow that like that we were both gay but it was just never really talked about and so in in a sense it was this lack of feeling alone because someone knew but at the same time everyone else didn't so um it really wasn't until after high school um going into college where i was like getting more comfortable with myself um because that lack of like identity and lack of just being able to say like, yeah, this is who I am. And I think it's so cool that nowadays it's so, it seems so very different, but, yeah. but then even though we it seems like things are progressing, it just wasn't, at least in the environment where I grew up, it just wasn't accepted. I just knew it wasn't.
0: So this is so kind of I- curious to me. Um, and this is, I think maybe just my personal curiosity but your twin brother and you didn't talk about being gay or, or a being a being aware of that for not
1: until high school. And it was just like, a, I mean, we talked about it, but it was just very surface level, like nothing like deep, nothing. Like yeah. even though we're twins and we talked about everything, like it was never anything like uh, personal, like, Hey, how are you feeling about this? Like, we just, we still didn't really know. I think, we yeah. both truly were trying to like, just stuff that feeling down. Um,
0: yeah. Like, again, Is there, I mean, like your your of- twin has got to be the most, the closest person on earth to you, I would think so that, you know, not being able, not feeling comfortable or knowing how to speak about some of your, your most um, I mean, Define. I mean, uh, you know, unfortunately, I, you know, I do think this is an unfortunate reality of the world we live in. Our sexuality defines us uh, to some right. extent. And I really hate that about our culture currently, because to me, it's like that shouldn't be anyone's business and it shouldn't right. matter what it is. But for whatever reason, you know, that's part of our culture. So something that our culture says defines you, you didn't feel comfortable talking to one of the closest people on earth, um, at the, you know, that, I mean, that says something about our culture that's like fixed in in my mind, but, um, so I want to get back to the self-talk a little bit, um, because if you didn't have any techniques, you know, in leading up to, you know, from third grade through high school, what did you do? Was it just, did you channel that through sports? I mean, how did you, if you didn't have any, like a, a mental practice or anything, uh, how did you deal with those thoughts and feelings? And
1: I, I don't think I managed it very well, to be honest. um I was, and, and that's what's, what's interesting. The reason why I bring it up as a factor that I value as important is because it it shaped a lot of other characteristics character traits that I had I mean I was a shy kid I was not confident um again on the outside like they're like like there's Nick he has so many friends whatever but in the inside like I was just shy I was not confident I didn't I wasn't vocal I wasn't a leader not whatsoever I would follow and I think a lot of that the reasons were because I was like I wasn't too sure about what my inner feelings or anything was. So mm-hmm. it was easier to just follow. You know, I, my best friends were the most outgoing people, you know, in athletics, I, like I had direction. Yeah. I had some, someone or people to just like mimic and follow. And I did that all through middle school, all through high school. And that's what carried me um, until it got to a point where, so it's funny. So going out of high school, everybody all all of my friends and my whole network they they all were going to you know these certain schools and community colleges and I stayed vocal um but I so badly wanted to start over so I chose to go to a college that no one really from high school like a small percentage of high school Mm. uh, people that I knew went so I could specifically start over ironically my brother went there as well but it was like me him and maybe like one of our best friends and a couple other people and
0: but did you talk to your brother about that
1: oh we both for sure knew at that point that that's what we wanted to do okay. more specifically less about the school and the programs and this and that but to start over and, um, okay and again not necessarily directly towards like oh well now I'm going to be comfortable and come out and this and that but just like clean slate yeah. get rid of like at the time i didn't know it was negative energy toxic surroundings you're a product of your environment but looking back i'm like that's definitely what it was so it was this like crave and this desire to just like start over and be more um authentic um but then it didn't necessarily pan out that way i mean we both so we went to the same college and we both were like okay you're going to get a separate degree and I'm going to get this degree and we're not going to do the same things because as <laughs> twins, you're just, your identity is one
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it's cool for a while and then at some point and that was our point of time where we are like, I want to do my thing, you want to do yours and it's funny, I always tell twins that I come up with or parents that I see that have kids, I'm like, twins are awesome. Like they're always going to be the closest siblings. Like they will have a relationship that no one else has but there's always going to be a point in time where they- they go off and veer off and do their own thing and then they'll come back so in college we did that and our relationship got a little bit rocky for certain things but then we came back and now we're tight again in our 30s but um so college was that I would say like college was then the next journey for me was starting over starting fresh like and it and it wasn't really specifically geared towards my sexuality or like you know coming out because I didn't it was just finding myself, discovering what I like, the type of person that I wanted. to so be. So how That's did you,
0: I, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, no. I, like, I want to, I want you to go a little bit deeper on how did you find what you liked? Like, what did you do? Like, what were the things that you did to to discover those things?
1: So it's funny. It's simple. Like uh, for me specifically, I was like, I don't know what I want to do
0: in, as far
1: as a career or a job. Um, so how do I choose what major I wanted? And right. I, I I got into kinesiology, re, really, it was simple for me, I was like, I like sports, and I like learning about the human body. And I don't know, let's see where it goes. And so I, I chose it for that reason, just kind of, very sporadically I mean honestly I think it was coming up on my sophomore year and I had to choose a major and I was like
0: oh
1: that one <laughs> and I did fall in love with it that's when I started to get into fitness and start like again I was a skinny kid like most people like I'm sure everyone has their journey but I was not confident and mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was doing and our our campus had this new gym and it it was incredible it was always an intimidating but I was like, I'm just going to do it. So got into kinesiology, started learning how to work out and just like finding a passion for it. And then from there, just like building my own friend group, confidence and the types of things that I was learning about intrigued me. So yeah, I just like built a solid surrounding that I felt like at the time was at least a little bit more of what I wanted when I was in high school.
0: So to some extent you kind of found something that interests you and that you, that you were comfortable with. And then you just compounded that and, and just kept on, you know, adding to, okay, well I can do this too. And, and, um, you know, steered clear of things that you weren't sure about. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did so did you end up getting a degree in, in kinesthesiology? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. so did you have, Um, because I know what you do now and, and um, it's not kinesthesiology. Yeah. (laughs) So um, did you have a a path towards being like a a physical therapist or, or trainer or something?
1: I did. So the journey, it's, it's a little different for me. So, so throughout college, um, so my parents, like, again, great upbringing. My parents both had great jobs and this and that, but just mm-hmm. like anybody, they went through their fluctuations of, of me as a kid viewing the power and importance of finances. So they had money, they lost money. They had great jobs that you know they've had for years and years and years, and then they've lost it, just like lots of people in certain environments. And so I grew up viewing that. And I think that I attached myself towards, like, okay, whatever it is that I want to do, I do want to love, but I, I need to make money, like, I prioritize, yeah. like, that's what I want to do, and so, um, kind of, like, backtracking a little bit, so throughout college, so after high school, jumping into college, so from, like, 18 to 23, actually, my brother and I lived, well, my we lived with our parents in, an, in a one-bedroom apartment, like, very close to campus because things for them went like very downhill. Oh wow! And so we ended up being the the main support system for them, and along with that comes a lot of emotional weight that you don't realize that adults have and your parents have, yep. whether it's depression or this or that, and shifting from you know we're the parents, you know we're we're supporting our kids to now yeah. with how we Especially can't support like kids. We, at that age right like you we can't pay for our kids college this like we're putting our, our kids in this type of situation and there you could feel like the resentment from a parent child side of aspect of not mm-hmm. resentment towards one another but just towards them defeat and whatnot and so there mm-hmm. became an obligation to like we have like me and my brother I had to like carry this weight of like we have to, you know, do this, not just for ourselves, but like, you know, we have to be responsible. We have to make money. So throughout college, I mean, I was working a job, a serving job. I was going to school full time. I worked on campus at the library in between, in between classes. And then I was interning uh, at an athletic training facility to try and like work my way up towards doing something with my career, um, or with my degree. So I was doing a lot and then my brother was doing a lot on his end too. So, um, that's definitely like a journey in itself because mm-hmm. there was a lot of, uh, there was just a lot of like m- mental emotions that were tied to it.
0: So how did you deal with that at that point in time? I mean, because that kind of gets back to the self-talk, que- self-talk question, because, you know, now that you're having to go from childhood to adulthood with no buffer, which right. I mean, I, I do think that probably used to be the way things works because, you know, hey, you're 18, go, go have a life. I mean, teenagers, uh, only as, as a concept have existed, I think since the fifties or something like that. Right. So, um, but it, you know, w- we are very steeped in this idea of this buffer between childhood and adulthood. And it seems like yours was kind of cut short. So yeah. Yeah. Was there additional, obviously there's additional stresses, but like, did you start to like, did you just ignore it? Did you push it to the side?
1: It was definitely an oblivion. It was definitely, <clears throat> it was, it was like, all right, you just have to do it. I don't want to, I didn't want to think about what life, like, I didn't want to think about, I wasn't mature enough to think about, okay, how do I get, how do I better everybody? How do we get out of this situation? This, this isn't what it should be. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. The current situation, it happens. Um, and let's just learn from it and, you know, figure out ways to get my mom back on her feet or my dad. I just, I didn't know. So the right. only thing that I knew that I could control was what I could do, which was carry the weight of everything and my brother as well, but wow. me personally. And at that point, that's where I shifted from, I think, becoming, being a follower to a leader because I had to. And so that's where I identified the characteristic traits for me shifting because I knew that I had to do it. but there was a lot of like learning lessons there that I, again, it's not until now I look back where I'm like, Oh, okay. That was a defining moment. Like I would have done this, that, or the other. And that's, it's just things that you go, you go through and you grow through. But in that time, I was like, I don't even want it I had blinders on. I was like, I'm just working. I'm just paying the bills. Like, and you go through these personal experiences where you're like, I don't like this, um, you know, I'm in college, so yeah. parents are away. Life,
0: I mean, I, <laughs> I, there's I'm always like, things. Yeah,
1: you have a friend come over, like I remember certain experiences, right? Like I, to those moments of like being ashamed of that living situation, mm-hmm. or whatever. Whereas now as an adult, I'm like, I don't, those define me, like I'm not ashamed to just like, you know, ex- uh, discuss those experiences. But mm-hmm. in that time, I'm like, yeah, I don't want people to know. I mean, we a one bedroom apartment in like basically the middle of university. So we're surrounded by university kids and stuff. So it's like coming home was like a hurry up shuffle, like not wanting to see friends, like see your parents leave because then they're like, wait a minute, that's a one bedroom. Like, can I come over? And just like dealing with all I was then felt like I was back in high school of like having to like hide certain things and I didn't like it. So Really, and there's like two folds to it. It came to a point where then my brother and I started talking, and it's like, okay, what what is what are we going to do to change this? Like, we have to do something. Like, what are we going to live with our? Are we they going to live with us? Or are we going to live with them forever? You mm-hmm. know, we're this is from 18 to 23. Um, you know, there were moments of frustration of like trying to push them to get back on their feet, but at the same time, we're the ways that you handled it then weren't necessarily the ways that you know to handle it now where you can just communicate you can you know problem solve have a conversation it came out in frustration because you know you're just you're still kind of in your you're growing as an adult and so I wouldn't even say there was a defining moment but there were conversations leading up to identifying this isn't where we want it to go and and like what can we do and a lot of those conversations came to a halt because they were just like there's nothing we can do what are they going to do like how how are they going to do this how are they and it was excuse after excuse like making excuses for other people because you're in denial for the fact that you can't control what someone else does they just have to step up to the plate you can only do so much until they start to help themselves and it that's wasn't I mean, that's an,
0: such a valuable moment, though. I mean, I, you probably couldn't recognize it at the time, but obviously you see it now, understanding that there's really nothing you can do for anyone else other than be there for them and be a, be a support. But if they're not willing to stand up, they ain't ever standing up. <laughs> like, right,
1: right. Yeah. And then so to go back to your question, it was like, OK, what do I want to do? And everything revolved around this kinesiology degree was okay I don't want to be a PE teacher like no like uh, just with all respect because my values were how do I make money to get out of this situation so it was like I can't choose these certain career paths that just don't identify with making money because money was the only thing that I associated to freedom so I was like okay I can do physical therapy but how am I going to pay for school and then so I kind of figured out that route and then so here's a key defining moment for me um which in this time when I share it I I had a different feeling towards it where I look back I'm like it totally didn't happen that way so I met with a counselor and I was like So I'm really interested in becoming a sports agent. Like, I love basketball. I'm a basketball fanatic. Like, Mm -hmm. I really think that I can do well with it. And I want to, I don't know anything about it, but I want to explore that. Like, can I use my kinesiology degree? Like, I, I don't know. Like, just level with me, just like, how do I do this? It's just an interest that I have. Mm-hmm. And in that time, I felt like this counselor who was supposed to be guiding me totally dissuaded me from, from choosing that career path. In my mind, I interpreted, interpreted it as he was very like, it's impossible. You're never going to be able to do it. But this is basically what he said. He was like, okay, look, is family important to you. And at that time, especially I was like, yes, you know, I can't see he's like do you ever see yourself moving away from family and especially at that time i'm like no like how no i have to be close to family he's like okay well just keep in mind bear in mind that a lot of the like sports agents is a lot of law and a lot of the best mm-hmm. law schools are on the east coast so are you comfortable moving to the east coast um away from family i'm like i don't know you know i don't think so i don't think i would ideal like you so that was just a- and you were in california at the time and i was in california okay. yeah so so that was a factor and then he was like you know it's a lot of hard work not a lot of like but every re, even though he was just speaking authentically and speaking in reality which at this point in time i very much appreciate when people do so at the time i was hearing negative 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 and maybe i was my self-talk was already talking myself out of doing it so i left that situation telling everyone i can't believe this counselor like he totally like shot down my dreams but like he didn't he was like yeah you can't do it it's impossible it's a lot of money it's this that and i just fully fully convinced myself that he convinced me to not do it and had he not i probably would have pursued it and then i look back i'm like yeah it was a lot of it was just me uh Mm -hmm. stopping myself from from pursuing that
0: so no, do you think I'm <laughs> just curiosity, but do you think that it, you didn't actually want to do be a sports agent? And that was just kind of like a, Ooh, that, you know, I like sports and that looks like a, a lot of money and it was, it was more of the, the glitz of, yeah. and not actually having any genuine interest in it. Cause I feel like I... You, knowing, knowing you, I feel like, um, if you really wanted that, I feel like you could have easily done that you know totally. what I mean back
1: back then I I it, again the lack of confidence it's kind of carried through so you, I was in you broke in, up
0: just so back then uh, the lack of confidence then you broke up for half
1: a second the lack of confidence just kind of carried forward with me just through anything so mm-hmm. I'm seeing friends that were in the sh- same shared degree kinesiology and they know what they want to do with it I'm seeing my brother and certain you know career field and he seems to know what he wants to do and other people and I'm like I in reality I don't know what I want to do I picked this degree on a whim I'm paying for college on my own I'm becoming like I'm inching towards the time frame of graduating from university and I don't know what I want to do with my degree right. and so I think it was grasping for straws to try and identify falsely at the time like No, that's what I want to do. Like, I know that that's what I want to do when I really didn't, because even I can tell you for a fact, graduating, I did try everything that I possibly could do with my Mm -hmm. degree. And I fell into passions and I found things that I didn't like. And I exhausted my options to try and do what I can to work with it. But even at that time, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I didn't really know what I wanted to do as a career until until I got into real estate, but like a year or so after. So probably, I mean, 27 or 28 or something like that. So for me, I felt like a lag. I felt like delayed. So after graduating college and there, the tandem to that is like, that's where I met my my partner and Aaron, who I'm in a relationship with where we're it's coming on 11 years. And so at this journey of coming close <laughs> to graduating college, having that fear of now I'm graduating college. Now I'm not just graduating high school, but now I'm graduating college. How am I going to disassociate myself from like this living situation and being, having my parents being dependent on me and how am I going to have my own life after mm-hmm. college? And that was worrisome. And now I'm in this new relationship. I'm not out. Like my parents still think he's my best friend oh, wow. and like all of these feelings tied towards like I want change I want to do like I just want to do what's like truly for me but I can't in all these different categories and so they came to a point in time where my brother was in a new relationship I was in a new relationship we knew but our parents didn't know and we very we very few actually no friends like no friends even knew at that point so we were still kind of like hiding that I feel
0: like that's an enormous amount of pressure just in and of itself because anytime you're hiding anything it's uh it's it's anxiety ridden like I mean even if it's something even if it's wonderful news like I found the person I'm going to be with for the rest of my life and you're keeping that like that's wonderful news but that's enormous amount of anxiety
1: (laughs) right and so actually those Two people were the only, like me individually and, and Aaron and mm. my brother individually and his person were the only first two people to be honest with. Like, hey, this is our living situation, this is our family situation, because we saw it, I saw it going somewhere. So I did not want to start off with like a false reality of like, mm. hey, by the way, you know. Um, so it was actually um, him, in a sense, who was like, more of the positive aspect of and the real realistic aspect of like hey you gotta you know talk to your parents you gotta think about this and that's actually a huge part of what drew me to him was because every way that I didn't know but wanted to be I saw in him you know he knew what he wanted to do with a career he 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 listened to positive books and uh, like just very different from the sphere that I grew up with and I didn't know that's what I wanted to be like until I met him. And I was like, wow, like all these ideas, he was a leader. He, he, you know, just every little category that yeah. I wanted to have control of in my life. So there was that aspect in my ear saying like, okay, look, let's like, think about this. Let's figure out a plan. Like, you know, if we're going to continue a relationship, like we need to start our journey. And he was never like what are you doing? Cut your parents off. He was very supportive in figuring something out. And then at the same time, my brother was like, I want to come out. I just like I, like, I feel like mom and dad know, and we're going to graduate college and who cares? Like who cares? Yeah. And at the time I was still in fear. I was like, I don't know about this, but he was like well i'm going to do it so either you <laughs> either you do it with me or you basically don't well that was my choice either yeah. we do it together or we or he does it and i pretend like oh that like i wait for the reaction and i'm like yeah. no but i'm i'm good like that's not me but then i'm like so
0: I, that would he, be worse i feel like that would be so yeah, much worse so i
1: was like all right all right do it and then so he did it like he I, he came out to my mom first and again she's very catholic so she just didn't really understand it and it definitely didn't go the way that he had thought it would pan out and then he felt like that though you know and it was it was kind of the opposite we both thought my mom knew and my dad would be shocked my dad was more like okay cool and my mom was more like wait i don't understand she wasn't not okay with it she just didn't understand because didn't of it, yeah. the way that she grew, grew up catholic so and you know she had met Aaron and she had met Uh, my brother's significant other and she's like I don't I don't get it like this is what I associate to to that sexual orientation Mm -hmm. through through my like I think her brother was and she just, just didn't understand it and so anyways it all like long story short like that all panned out smoothly but then it was also attached to that was like okay now we have to detach ourselves from allowing our parents to be codependent on us And how do you do that when you feel the weight and responsibility to care for them? I mean, to a point you felt this social, this responsibility and obligation to like, I yeah, we genuinely felt like if we do this, we will crush them. They will not survive. They won't know what to do, but.
0: Well, wait, on that note, because in the back of my head, I'm thinking you and your brother are supporting your parents at this point in time but you haven't come out and you're nervous about coming out to them like in the back of my head i'm thinking did did it ever cross your mind they have to accept us because we take care of them they don't have a choice it's funny you say that
1: it did i mean like aaron definitely said like brought that home to home with that exact thought and he was like I mean, what are they going to, like, what are they going to do? And I think it was still that lack of, it was like, no, I don't want it to be that way. Mm. And and you just don't understand. That was it. It was like, you don't understand. They will find a way to where it, it won't be okay. And then I'll be living in this situation that but I can't get out of.
0: Taking care of them.
1: <laughs> and so it was just this weird situation. And so my brother and I had to, figure out a way to like release the leash, like just like Mm. let it make it happen. And then at the same time, like we were terrified of doing so. And so I don't even, it's weird because you want to say that that's a moment you would really identify with remembering, but I think it was like, we wanted to do it and then block it out. It didn't happen. Like everything's cool, but it worked itself out. Like it was definitely rocky. The conversation was like pretty much geared towards look, we're graduating college. Like I'm now at this point, we're out. I want to move on with my life with Aaron. My brother wants to move on with his partner. And we just, we need to go on this journey. We got to do this. We're still going to stay local. So we'll still be able to help you and support you where needed. But this is just, I don't want to hurt you, but this is something that we have to do. And that was the first time at the age of 23, I believe I chose to do something for my self because it, it, every year leading up to that was like I'm a giver so it's like my instinct is like how can I help you How what can I do how can I do this for you of course I'll be there yes I'm a yes man but I was my dialogue was never programmed to do that for myself I can do this I can do that I can choose this I want to be that way it was never like that um and I didn't really know that that was unhealthy I just thought yeah. oh I, I'm I'm doing what I do, which it's, is like how I was raised, and to, to cater to other people. But I think of myself last, and it really wasn't until Aaron started bring that out to me, where it's like, you know, what do you want to do? Asking yeah. those questions, like what gets you passionate, like that's amazing.
0: It's so important because if you don't, <clears throat> if you're not able to, you know, take what you want. I mean, obviously, there's a way of taking that is is kind of reprehensible, but um, to be a healthy person, to be in a healthy relationship, you have to give and take. And if you don't take like, like the way, the way I kind of figured it out, um, was I, someone, someone says, why are you depriving someone from giving you the joy of, uh, doing something for you? And And I was like, what? And I can't remember, I can't remember exactly when this took place, but it was, you know, years back. Um, I was, do you enjoy doing things for other people? Like, yes. Well, don't you think other people enjoy doing things for other people? And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. Well, then don't you think people would enjoy doing things for you? I was like, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You let them do things for you. I was like, oh yeah. Okay. I guess so. (laughs) That's (laughs) kind of, I I, I felt so stupid when someone had to lead me (laughs) through that whole um, thought process years back but it really is like you have to give as much as you take and you know sometimes taking is more important than giving you know to yeah. you know to be safe and healthy and you know happy for everyone
1: yeah and I, th- I think it's so important to surround yourself with people that I don't know like have positive energy and that promote and provoke that type of thought Um, because I don't think it's within human nature to like for people to I mean I say that but I say that in my environment to 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 want to see people thrive and grow and succeed and so that was the first time I had Um, encountered a relationship with someone, a relationship, any type of relationship where Mm -hmm. there was that type of support. Not to say that I didn't get that support from my siblings or my parents or Mm friends, but it was different. It was, I can see the potential in you, but you don't see the potential in you. It's kind of my mission now to like drive that out of you. And that was like the first early on years of our relationship. So yeah, we amazing. kind of we we moved on, like we moved to LA. And that was like our journey of like, okay, we lived in this tiny studio apartment, but we didn't care because we were in Santa Monica and we were living life from you know, doing what we want. He was doing, you know, he was acting and doing and being successful with modeling and he was Mm -hmm. a business entrepreneur and he was figuring out his life all while at the same time, very encouraging to me, even though at that time, I mean, I went from serving job to serving job to serving job, not knowing what I wanted to do, but like figure it out, you know, whether it comes to, even when it comes to fitness, like if I go to the gym and you don't like going to the gym, do something else, like try swimming, try biking, like make, make friend groups. And, you know, I encourage that. And I can tell you people are not like that in relationships. They, I, they I should don't be, believe, they should <laughs> they be, should but be. I don't, I don't feel like that's a common thing. I think, yeah. you know, when you're in a relationship, what I associated to it was like, no, it's you and me, <laughs> there's yeah. no one else. And so I shut out all of my friends. It was very like, you know, uh, he was my identity. And he always told me from the beginning, look, I love you, but I don't want to be your whole world. I can't be your whole world because then if some, if, if I were to then remove myself, it would kill me that knowing that you're, you're just, you have, you don't know what you want to do. You're, you just, your life has crumbled and I can't be that for someone.
0: Yeah. um, I mean, there is, there's a simple reality that I think in our culture uh, or at least in Western culture, um, maybe on whole, we don't deal with the fact that of death and essentially what he's talking about to some degree is death. And, you know, obviously, you know, not actual physical death, but in the grand scheme, if we dealt with death more, I feel like it would be easier to, to realize why relationships need to have other people, uh, you know, friends, yeah. family, Why it's so important to have these other elements because if you're, I mean, there are so many uh, partners, one person dies, you know, an older age, and then the other person dies within weeks because that's their entire world. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, maybe at 70, 80, 90, or whatever, maybe it's okay. That's your world because that's you're kind of coming to the end of your journey and you're like, okay, I'm ready. Um, But if you're, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, even I feel like you should not be prepared for your world to end, which means you need as much going on in your life as possible to be fulfilled and have a full, a fully engaged life. And I feel like that's what he was talking about. I mean, my partner and I, we, we try to do the same thing and I'm always encouraging her to, um, you know, go out with friends or, you know, whatever, if she, you know, uh, is saying, oh, I'm going out after work. I'm like, great. Have fun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's just healthy. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, And it's, it's interesting
1: because so when we started our, what I call authentic journey, because that's when I, at that age and at that point in time, I was now, at this point in a relationship, mm-hmm. comfortable figuring out this like discovery, which I think should normally happen when you're much earlier, but I was doing it much later. But again, everyone's know. journey is different.
0: Yeah, everyone's journey is
1: different. To 30s, 20s to 30s, typically people are going through this journey phase anyways. But mm-hmm. so I was going through that, figuring things out. And then I think that's sort of when I met you, I was already in real estate. And at mm-hmm. that point I knew, like, I kind of like, had it mapped out I knew what I wanted to do I knew the career that I wanted I had all these identifying things about myself checked off um and it's funny you speak of death but we went through that journey ourselves and I personally haven't gone through the journey of death um as most people probably have but I hadn't with a loved one not a parent Mm -hmm. not a best friend like I think the closest people to me were my best friend's older brother um, and then my grandparents, like all like three of the grandparents that I knew and that was, you know, due to old age. So I never really had an un- as dramatic of a, or, you know, as intense of a situation until um, kind of like when I met you. So at that point, like, so now I go from, like discovering my journey and and pretty confidently knowing what i wanted to do and i had a Mm -hmm. trajectory of like okay this is it you know we had goals planned like or you know we had had things that we wanted to do within the relationship and individually um and then his father passed away unexpectedly through a, a motorcycle accident and so within that journey was how to Cope with, be a support system to someone who's, I mean, his that was his best friend. Like you talk yeah. about someone who's like that's like to me my twin brother passing. So him and his dad were like very very close. So when that happened unexpectedly, not only do I not have the experience or knowledge of how to deal with that myself, I have no idea how to support someone even though we've been in a relationship for at that point, I don't know, six, seven years or five or something of that nature that I began my own, then a new journey of how do I deal with this? Like, and, and it felt weird to me because Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going through it. Why am I on a journey? How do I just like help you? And then we're back. You are
0: going through it. I mean, that's the, the interesting thing. Um, it just so you know, it looks like you have your hand raised. You must have hit a button. There we <laughs> go. I yeah, saw that. That's funny. Fun. All of a sudden a little emoji pops like- up. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> um <laughs> But I mean that's that's one of the things. And I like I don't know if I just see, have seen this in other people or what, but, you know, if you're in a relationship, if you're, if you're really in a committed relationship, you're going through whatever they go through, whether you like right. or not. And you don't yeah. go through it in the same way. Um, but you're going through it. And, you know, I, I think it was actually, uh, God, some years back when I was dating, um, I was dating someone and her father died and, And it was kind of, our relationship was kind of over, but literally, you know, my mom was like, you need to break it off or get serious like now, because, Mm -hmm. you know, this is where she's at. This is where you're at. And, you know, you need to make the decision because it's not fair. And then her dad died literally the next day. And I wanted to be there for her for that. And I, and I think that was for me where I realized you know what one person goes through the other person goes through and because i really cared for her uh i just didn't see myself with her in the long run um i felt like i've i've got to be there for her now wow i want to be there for her now because if i'm not like having her father die and you know because she wanted to get married and have kids and have that end at the same time. I just felt like I can't do that. Wow. Like she's, and I really, you know, she's, she's happily married and kids now. Um, and I'm, you know, I was really happy every now and again, I kind of checked to make sure she was doing well. Um, and, but like, that was a tough moment for me because here's someone I really care about that's going through something absolutely devastating because it was so unexpected. Right. Um, and, and although I know I'm not with them for life, how do I deal with this? And there's definitely things I could have done better. (laughs) Yeah, it was, you know, but you know, you do, you have no idea, you know, Yeah. it sounds like what you were going through. You just had no idea. So you're just trying to figure it out.
1: Right so so then became a new journey of like, okay, I'm here for you, I'm supportive, but in, in those moments, you know, nothing is the right thing to say. things become unauthentic because I, I myself i'm i'm I end up getting so in my head, so I overthought everything, like nothing was natural, like you know then when you feel like I'm in a relationship, like i can I can be supportive, I can be candid, I can just genuinely say, hey, I'm just checking in, how are you feeling? You become like, I at least became so just not a person. (laughs) Like, I didn't know how to be, I didn't know how to be for him. I didn't know how to be for his family. I didn't know how to be for myself. So I overthought everything and everything came across as like a tense, awkward first date, which was not, I mean, no one teaches you like, Hey, these are the things unless you go through it. You know, we didn't even have friends or family members or anything that were like, look, let me kind of guide you through like just nothing. So it was this whole self-discovery, not just for him trying to like figure out life beyond this current situation. But then an, a whole nother thing, like episode of events, kind of happened. And that's kind of like how we have how we have our kiddo who we're raising. So um in that same sequence of things. So his father passes, he has an older brother who has a kid and the mom's not involved. And so the older brother was like, okay, well I'm gonna get my shit together. I'm gonna raise this kid who's two months old. But Aaron's parents were helping to raise the kid um, this kid and even though his older brother was defying like okay I need to step up on how this responsibility wasn't necessarily the responsible person at that time or making responsible decisions but then he went through a situation where he was coming home from work late at night and um, crossed and they, they lived in Yosemite so like lots of windy roads oh, late yeah. at night and he crossed the double yellow line and killed two people on coming and so he went away for five years and now you have this kid oh sorry so this was right before Aaron's dad passed so that happened first and then wow. coming to follow so then when that happened and he was away it was mo- grandma and grandpa raising this kid because the mom was not in the picture and there was a whole battle through that and then Aaron's dad passes away so now you just have a grandma raising this kid who was also raising Aaron's sister who was 16 so a teenager and so at that moment in time amongst all the chaos and amongst all the just whatever it was we just made a decision and an obligation to to step up and help and so we moved them down to, to live with us and just mm-hmm. just be around because at that point like and, you know, Aaron's mom at that point was not healthy, fully healthy, um, you know, she had her own health issues and complications, but, um, raising a kid and then raising a teenager in that area, like it's just, just a lot of factors. So we're like, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we just got to do it. And even though in this moment in time, you're like, should we have paused and took in like took in made some better decisions and not rushed into that you just kind of did what you had to do and so then that became a new journey of like okay co-raising and again this is a point in time where both of our careers individually were like we knew what we wanted to do and then it was like pause we got to do something different right now and we always like work things out oh we I feel like it's doing these <laughs> emotions where it's now it's like your hand is maybe it's because just I'm,
0: following yeah i think <laughs> it's, so your hand raises so it raises it. yeah, <laughs> so, yeah funny. It's so funny so
1: <laughs> funny we're learning well yep. so no, none, nonetheless like um we began this new journey of like okay what does this mean we know what we're doing we know the impact that we're trying to have right now it's mm-hmm. just like create a safe environment you know be, a, be like have family clothes be supportive we'll, we'll figure it out
0: and you, had, prior to this had you ever talked about having kids or wanting kids or anything yeah. like that so, yeah, so okay so cards the kids were kids were in the cards to begin with it just not in this way <laughs>
1: or timing because or timing we were, right being to guys we can kind of choose when we want to plan things out and yes it comes with a lot of money but um so with that being said we knew from our 20s to 30s we wanted to hit the ground and crush it and thrive and figure things out and travel and you know do what we wanted to do with our careers to set ourselves up for me personally and for him individually we both saw the the negatives of of how our parents raised us yeah. and stuff, negatives lightly, and you know, and just in a way of what you would do differently, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so we just Learning knew lessons. we just knew what we wanted to do, and so um kids were in the plan. But it was like, hey, when we're forty, well, when I'm forty, he's thirty-eight yeah. or thirty-seven or whatever. Cause I'm three years older, but somewhere down the line, like, which to where I'm not even there yet, mm-hmm. because we feel like that would be enough time mm-hmm. to like set ourselves up for a smooth family life which is what we wanted um so it just happened sooner than later but then the the all of a sudden occurrence just like you just didn't know how to balance everything so that's when i met you i was working in real estate and i was working on a i mean i was i was on a top producing team like i was doing well and it was also in that moment where I realized like I had to branch off and go off on my own because the person that I was working with didn't fully understand the shift in my life trajectory so he knew it he saw it because like you know my kid would come with me to work and certain yeah. things that you just have to do but yeah. um he didn't get it because he was like you know you got to be here on time for this and you get like, like, and I get regiment and I get structure and certain sure. things. And, you know, why are you stopping the networking? And that was a big part of the aspect of my career. That's how I met you with yep. networking events yep. and meeting people and socializing. But I was trying to balance like home life. And how do I do that? Work at an office, have my mind be here, but then come home and help out if I'm here and I'm doing networking events and this and that or the other, I felt selfishly like I was doing for me and I was burdening and leaving everyone else to kind of figure that out on my own. Mm-hmm. And when I say everyone else, I mostly meant Aaron, like, you know, in, while you're in a relationship, especially when he's going through what he's going through. Now I then feel like, yeah, I'm gonna stay off and do my own thing and and still thrive in my career where we're leaving you behind to care for a kid and this and that. And while at the while now i'm like certain balances of that nuances are important because you can't care for someone until you've taken care of yourself you can't yeah. be half you can't help someone be happy if you yourself aren't happy yeah. you can't help someone financially
0: so and all that goes back I, to that taking because you you know you have to take a certain amount for yourself to be um happy you know and if yeah. you're like the um yeah. You can't save a drowning person if you yourself are drowning. And that really is everything. And that's why taking can be so important when mm-hmm. done the right way. Right. Right.
1: So <laughs> I think in that moment, and it was a bummer because the, the person I was working with, we were really close. I had a conversation. I was like, look, like, it's not all about money for me, but like, you, you know, you're on a team, you have your splits you have Mm -hmm. your company splits. And at the end of the day, I was leaving money on the table that was going towards raising a kid. So I felt like, okay, I'm five years in, I want to leave this relationship amicably, but I want I need to like start to do my own things to what so that way I can financially take myself up here faster. And if Mm I'm, I'm, still in if i'm continuing to do things in this situation i can't grow and i can't mm-hmm. do that and it's not just the selfishly growth myself now i have a kid associated to what i need to accomplish and that didn't just didn't go well it just didn't resonate i think like anybody people take it personally and and it is what it is and well
0: in that moment of trying to separate and trying to you know create your own thing um i mean I kind of for me in my mind, just because I'm hearing it in the way I'm hearing it, I mean, it kind of goes back to, you know, separating from your parents and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a very similar, uh, situation. So, you know, anxiety and stress, you know, you, obviously you don't care about, um, your old partner the same way you care about your parents, (laughs) but there's still, um, you know, an element of, of, of relationship there and history. And, um, and, and then, also being understood or not being understood right. and that creates its own problems. Um, did you, you know, in the moment, did you feel that you were um, even could be understood? Like if it was possible to be understood because of, you know, the situation or. Yeah.
1: I mean, I thought so. I, and that I think came out of shock to me. And it did somewhat follow a little bit later with an apology of like, look, I understand why you're doing the things that you're doing. Like, I wish you the best. But then it kind of went south again from there (laughs) when it came towards business. When it came towards business and money, which happens a lot, you know, personal clients and whose clients are who. And there's a lot of nuances that, you know, it just happens. It's when you're in a five-year working business relationship, I guess it just happens. So went through that journey and kind of, went off on my own and moved companies and was kind of like, all right, I got kind of like you, like, I got to do this. I just got to do it. I I have no choice. And luckily I was, I I found my successes in it and I found my stride in it. And then um, now I'm kind of just like, I know what I have to do. And, and so that's kind of where I'm at, but that's, that took a while to get Mm -hmm. there. Um, And then within that journey was the thought of, okay, we're stepping in to help do what we gotta do to raise a kid, but eventually um, his dad would be back in the picture and this is what we want. Like, how do we plan ourselves for that? And, um, and that was always the plan and that was always the thought of, okay. like. And it's a very unique situation mm-hmm. um, because so having him at the age of two And knowing that, or sorry, probably beyond uh, before that, but knowing that once he hits five years old, things would be different. And, you know, we would just be uncles again and this and that. And it wasn't until it started inching up closer where you're like, I don't really want to just be uncle. Like I've I've helped raise this kid in the most identifying moments of his life. Like, then you start to become a little bit, like a little bitter and like, this isn't cool. So, it just you go through your own journey, and Aaron went yeah. through his own journey, and not being understood yet again, and feeling like, okay, I'm just doing, 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 doing for other people because it's just the right thing to do. But why do I feel selfish in my own thoughts that I know? I
0: sorry, I'm um, I'm just in that same vein. How much communication and how good at communicating and being seen are you and Aaron doing? Like how good of a job are you guys doing with each other?
1: So I would say I mean, pretty good at that point in time, pretty good with like feelings and thoughts, but um at the same time, uh he was a lot better at it because he would express it and I would see it as valid because it's his family. And I felt like I had to not like, I don't know, always look on the bright side kind of thing. Like I felt like I had to. So then I went through this period of like not agreeing, but not un- but very unintentionally, like very much like it's fine. Like, and I was a yes man. Like I was like, I'll do whatever, like you go work, like you go to the office, you go network, I'll stay at home, I'll do this. Like. Because I was thinking in my mind that that was helpful. But um, yeah, we, we were pretty transparent with how we felt about it. But we had like this thought of like, no, this will be good. Like we'll still be involved, but we'll get to just be like uncles and we will like make like he'll be fine. You know, yeah. like, like he, he's five years old. He, it's not that he won't remember the early years, but like the bad times he won't remember. Like a lot. It'll be good. Fast forward a little bit. To kind of like between then and now, a uh, person comes back in, it has its rockiness, it's off, like situation, just it has its own like share of things that like right. uncomfortableness, comfortableness, this is going good, this really sucks, all those types of emotions, and then doesn't pan out to net na- fast forward to now. Now we know that this is it, like, you know if it wasn't if there was uncertainty before it's very certain now like he's our child like yes me Aaron and his mom co- like all co-raise him but he's being raised by us we are the father figures like and it's cool it's a great feeling yeah. and it you know but at the same time like there was a lot of journey to get to that point I mean he's so he's almost eight now he's doing baseball and he's doing football. And then you, you have all the parents and it's just a whole different dynamic. And everyone now sees you as like, you're the guys parents. Are his parents. So yeah. it's now, and I'm 34 the time where it's shifted, where it's like, Oh, I'm being seen where it's like, that's something that I so wanted years before. But so that's, what's cool about it is like, it mm. took all that journey and those are all the looking back, like that's the same consistency that I wanted from high school to college situation, to parent situation, to post parent situation, to first relationship, to this nuance of like being now being a parent. So I went through this whole journey and the, throughout the whole journey was like identity, know who you are, having a voice, like all these things. And And it's crazy that it's when you're younger, even when you're not, and you talk to people or you listen to podcasts or this, or that, and you hear like these things just come when they come, this realization, yeah. like it only comes through experience. Yeah. And you know, either being in the experience or seeing the experience firsthand, like you genuinely do get that now. And you're like, okay, like you had to have gone through those certain things yeah. to
0: it, know, for it to a, make sense. It's a weird thing for me on one hand, because I love i used to, years back like when i was in my 20s um maybe even early 30s i was not a fan of like self-help self-development books um like i had always had a meditation practice and a mindfulness practice i always was really hard on myself from the time i was uh, you know a child um so I looked at those books and I looked at like the practices um, or the or the industry around that um, as being unnecessary because right. i I didn't understand you know, it's like, well, anything you need to figure out, like it starts, you know, with you and, and then it works outward. If you're having a fight with someone, well, it's like, well, what are you so aggravated about? Like, it doesn't matter why they're pissed off. Why are you pissed off? So like, I didn't get it. And now I think I've read, I think my audible account, I have 177 <laughs> read books, and I would say at least half of those are within the self-help, self-development, you know, business, entrepreneurship and all of that stuff. And then other books that I've read on Kindle or hard copy. So now I'm like fully steeped in all of that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So it's a, it's, a, it's a weird thing for me because on one hand, you have to go through it. On the other hand, the more you can read about it, learn about it, hear about it, When you're going through it you'll have an easier time you know yeah why uh why recreate the wheel when you can stand on the shoulders of giants or you know oh yeah yeah and um yeah it's it's i mean it's also part of the reason why i'm doing the show you know i I, i feel like you know we need more of this uh contextualized you know so that we all can have an easier time yeah and um God, this came up the other day as well. Uh, last week, uh, a friend of mine posted um, a story. He, he he was out in his neighborhood, um, moving the car on the street or something like that, and an, uh, an elderly person who was going through like dementia or 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 some something uh, had his ID didn't have a phone or his his phone was dead and had no idea where he was, but he lived in the neighborhood and he was just wandering the streets. And so, um, my friend is not a spiritual person, not a religious person. Uh, he and his wife, you know, walked the guy home and his wife, when they got there was like, Oh my God, I was going to call the police. I didn't know what to do. He just wandered off and thank you so much. And all that, um, And his wife, who's a little bit more spiritual said, uh, sent him like went online and found a Ramdas quote, um, which is, uh, we're all just walking each other home and that's cool. And yeah, it's really cool. And he, he posted that, um, and and was like, okay, well in this case, you know, (laughs) it's real. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I, I feel like that's, uh you know and you know that's one of the reasons why we find a partner in life you know it's like what Aaron has done such amazing job for you it sounds like from the beginning of like encouraging you just to you know be you um you know it's like god if we could just do that for everyone like seriously
1: i mean i went through a similar journey
0: of uh getting
1: into the positive like just positivity and books yeah. and aud- listening to audiobooks and Aaron the whole world movie. of because he he was so in tune with it and was so like we have to do this together you know listen to this this is what I'm reading and even though in that moment I'm like that's awesome for you like uh you get that like you get it and that's what I love about you it didn't I was like I don't understand it But a lot of it, like, look, I didn't grow up in a bad environment or anything like that, but I just was not programmed. I was so programmed to be pessimistic and think about the negative before the positive. So when I started to discover these books and stuff, it didn't click with me. I was like, I don't get it. Like, I don't know how thinking positively can manifest and change your reality and I don't understand it until years later. And we always laugh. I always laugh about it because otherwise, it'll kill me. I'm like, I'm so late to the train with with you and these things. Like, now I get it when you pushed us to like want to do self development for the relationship or personally or this or that. I get it. I'm ready now. (laughs) And then he's like, I'll forget you. Like, I wanted you to be ready two, three years ago. But now it's funny.
0: But it's better than never. I mean, it really is. It doesn't matter when it comes to you or when you're ready for it. It just matters that when yeah. you are, you embrace it. You know, for yeah. you know whatever it is. But and a lot of those
1: stuff, <laughs> those things are just like they're just real. You know, yeah. like who you surround yourself with, and yep. and even though people have this belief that they can't get rid of toxic people in their lives, because most of the time the toxic people in their lives are tend to be family members or really close friends and or coworkers or whatever, where they feel like they can't detach. Like you still have uh, an aspect of control where you can create arms distance, yeah. where you can choose how much you let that person in, how much you let that person bother you. And it's not until you go through it where you create like your own, I don't know, like diagram of like, okay, these people can't leave my life because of who they are so i'll just create walls to a degree yeah. these people i don't need in my life i have to detach from them because it's just not an energy i need to be around yep. and it's that saying of like you are a com- combination of the five people you surround yourself with yep. and you they have to be you the thing that i'm learning is you either have to find those people that bring that type of energy to you but more importantly because that isn't necessarily something you can always control like someone might be like well how do i find those people and that's a very valid question but be that person like why can't you be that person and i for the longest time was like i can't be that person like i'm not i'm not that guy but you are you are in the littlest of ways and of course i say that now a little bit more confidently because i have a little one so it's easier to be that you know it's like if you're energetic, then they're going to be energetic. If you're like down, then they're going to be down. And it's like that with pets, right? Like if your dog, if you're like mopey, your dog is going to be mopey. So it's easier to like learn uh, yeah. those things with like a kid or something. So, but it's, it's like that. And it's funny. Cause now, I'll listen to these things like nature and it's just I enjoy listening to them I enjoy enjoy learning tidbits of things and relearning and just being a constant student of like how can I be better like like what can I do and it's the littlest of things but I start to experiment now when I'm at the gym because I see like I'm a very like now i like to be social and i like to have conversations with people i like to meet people but i'm still there's still a part of me that's reserved and shy and other people will make the first movie it's more comfortable for me mm-hmm. but i see the same faces and aaron my brother is very good with it like he'll make friends with everyone at the gym but they all tend to be like older souls and just older people and it's funny because he has so many friends but they're not at all who you think would associate like his Like when you see a type of person, you are like, I see a friend group, but it's like all ages, all white color, like, and it's cool. But so now when I go to the gym, I like, I like try and break myself out of the comfortability of like shaking things up. And it's almost like that elevator experience where like you go into an elevator full of people. And you just start to like have a conversation. And I remember in college, we had to do this, like get in an elevator and then start doing patty cake on the wall. Like <laughs> get, it's like very odd, but
0: just oh, get awesome. a reaction.
1: And so now I'm at the gym and like certain faces I'll see all the time. And even though like you create these, you create these thoughts in your head where you're like, you know, I want, I don't know why, like I see this person every day. I feel rude to not, why can't I just go up and say hey I introduce myself I'm you in here all the time you're killing the workout yada 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 whoever it may be but every time cross paths nothing cross paths nothing and you just make yourself believe that believe that that person's not approachable or this or that and it's like why can't you be the person to make that move of course if someone else makes the move then you're like oh cool like you're you know of course I'm I'm open and so I start doing this thing now, or I started where it's like, if I see a, a face, I will just make myself go up and I'll say, Hey, and I'll like pay a compliment or something like, I don't know, there was this one guy I was like, Hey, Hey man, like I see you in here all the time. Like I, at this point, it feels weird not knowing your name. Like I'm Nick, blah, blah, blah. And then another person. So I'm training for the marathon, my first marathon.
0: Oh, congratulations. And
1: and it's exciting and it's like terrifying and it's exhausting, but like, I'm, I'm on the treadmill and I'm just trying to do my thing, like training. And there's this guy next to me and he's like an athlete and he's just like going for it. And I see him all the time. And so like, you know, he hits his button, and so I hit my butt and I'm super competitive. And so I was trying to keep up with the pace, but I enjoyed it. And it's like, a stranger. I don't know this person, but I felt some type of a connection. Like it was a cool camaraderie thing. And so after I was like, I already knew in my head, I was like, I want to say something. I just want to be like, hey, man, thanks for like the whatever. And I didn't. And so I was like, it, I don't know why you go to get in your head with this like thought of like, no, I shouldn't. Like some, like, I don't know. You just I think everyone does it tend, though. I think we we tend, it
0: yeah, goes back we tend to that self talk. I mean, it's like, and what do you do with that self talk? And you know, some, Self talk, I think, gets easier because we're forced to deal with it. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then other self talks, like what you're talking about now, I think if we're not forced to deal with it, or we don't force ourselves to deal with it, then it just kind of continues to keep on going. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I think you
1: want to create a better habit, a healthier yeah. habit of having it just being natural.
0: Um, it's funny because the the you know we met at uh, a really cool networking event. Um, and I want to try to get those guys on the show at some point in time, but yeah, you know, we'll see uh, what their schedule is and everything else. But um, it's funny because on one hand, I love networking because I just love talking to people, but on the other side, I don't like networking because I don't like being put in a situation where I feel like I have to talk to anyone, yeah, (laughs) because I'd be perfectly happy to just sit back and watch everyone else talk to each other, and have no engagement, um, or end up just talking to one person for like two hours, you know, yeah. or or longer, or, or, or less, or, you know, whatever's uh, organic. And that I think is, you know, where I get hung up, um, you know, in, you know, when I was doing those networking events is because like, part of me just did not want to be there, because it yeah, did not feel organic. And then part of me loved it. Oh, I lost. Waiting for Nick to come back. There he is. You did it. Of course
1: that um when that happens, does it stop the recording and then you just kick it back up again? No, nope,
0: it's still recording. Yeah, so oh, okay, thing, okay, it just cuts just to me. I haven't actually <laughs> had it happen, but I'm assuming the way it works. So I, I may just leave this in just because it's kind That's of funny. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll see. I'll I'll cool. have to look back and you know i try not to edit so we'll we'll see that's fun yeah. that's that's me
1: that that comes with my territory of things happening so that's, that's
0: hilarious funny. no it's great um, what were we saying ha- so
1: networking you, oh. you
0: you yeah yeah i mean it's it is what it is i like i'm i'm, I'm also liking the show because it gives me an opportunity to reach out to people and say hey can i talk to you for you know an hour or two mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, uh, I'll have an opportunity to speak to people the way I want to speak to people, um, that I don't necessarily get to do at a networking event or yeah. at a networking event, you know, they are talking to me because, you know, there's maybe some business or, you know, whatever, where I'm just like, you're just an interesting person. I want to talk to you. I probably oh, can't totally. do anything for you or vice versa, but you're interesting and yeah. At networking events, uh, especially with some people, they don't have the time to just get to know people They, you know, they have, they're at the beginning of their career and they have to make shit happen. And I don't want to get in the way of, of, um, of their, you know, success kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: but it's funny those are the people I too prefer to, to meet and build connections with and relationships with and I felt the same way with networking it was a big aspect of what I did but I had to quickly get un- like comfortable being uncomfortable uncom- exactly and you, and you like go through the motions of like how many people do I have to meet how many business cards and in that moment you're not really getting to know someone and why you would want to help them grow each other business it was became this like, I don't know a numbers game like I had to do it like oh yeah. you're this type of person oh you're this type of client but then it was like meeting people like yourself and certain people where it's like you click and then you're like I don't know how I can help you and vice versa but now I feel more inclined to if I can I will I will talk more about you in to to like a random audience because yeah. I just genuinely like the connection that we have rather than you know this per- person who has this type of, uh, title and I know nothing about them other than what they do, what type of clients they have. So I right. started to try and shift towards just like meeting cool people. Um, and eventually it'll take care of down the line and, you know, it'll benefit me somehow down the line. And,
0: yeah, um, no, I, yeah. and I think for me, I can't, I can't possibly know what the value someone has in my life until after they have that value. You know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. if I find someone interesting, then the only value that person has and the only value that's important is why I find them interesting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And if if they want, if they find me interesting, then that's really all that matters. And if something else comes of it down the road, great. If not, that's life. Yeah. And, like for me, that's a much easier, lower stress way. And it's also like you talk about earlier about like, you know, toxic people in your life. Like I've fired all of my friends essentially mm-hmm. when I moved down to the West side, I lived in the Valley for years. And about maybe 12 years ago, I moved down to the West side, uh, in LA. And I just was like, I'm not saying I don't want to hang out with them. I'm just over here. So if they want, mm-hmm. <laughs> they've got to come find me uh, otherwise. yeah. And it was interesting who made effort and who didn't make effort. And that told me everything I needed to know. Yeah. And life was good. Yeah. Um, and from that moment forward, everything in my life changed for the better. And now I have such a an eclectic, amazing group of people in my life that is constructed purely on the basis of, do you believe in me? I believe in you. And, right. you know, we find each other interesting and that's it. And, and then anything beyond that is just, I just
1: extra. yeah, yeah it's yeah. just extra.
0: And, um, I feel like it's such an important thing to have amazing people in your life, even if. They have nothing to do uh, in your life other than they're just amazing people in your life. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's so important. I feel like it's important. Yeah, yeah. And it's, 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 it's it's um yeah, but it was funny because you you invited me to a networking event uh at one of the properties. I think you you know this is when you were with your old partner. Okay, um, and it was like a mixer, so it was at. <gasps> It right, 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 right. At a condo. I don't, I think it was yeah. maybe a unit that was for in, sale. His place. Oh, I think place. it was at his place. Yeah. Okay. And it was funny because part of me felt like, I, I just, I have a vivid memory of driving there and and like, part of me was like, what the hell am I doing? Like, because <laughs> I'm not interested in buying any property right now. And I have no idea, like, you know, Like I, you know, I knew it was like a real estate mixture and like, but I liked you and I knew that, um, on some level or another, we were going to have some sort of, you know, friendship or, or something. Right. Um, you know, I don't know if it was going to be business. I don't know if I was gonna be able to get you business or vice versa, but I was like, I like this guy and this should be interesting. And (laughs) the whole time I was there, I think I met Aaron there. Yeah. um, Yeah really nice guy and, and, um, and I could see, like, it was, it was funny because I I've picked people out over the years as like, um, as role models for relationships. Um, because I, you know, I was single for, you know, pretty much my entire life. Every time I'd be in a relationship, like I kind of was like, I don't see myself with this person. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so, you know, whatever. And um until I met my partner, uh, who's now my fiance, like I just was starting to think, well, it's never gonna happen. But just in case, I want to pick out people that the way they work together, the way they interact, or the way their kind of energy is around each other as kind of like my role model couples. And when I met him, I was kind of intimidated. Um, because you know, he's really tall, good looking, <laughs> fit. Um, and he, you know, he seemed to have it figured out. You seem to have it figured out. And I was like, like, good lord, I like, I do, I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> like, oh was, man. And, um, and it was interesting because I'm sitting there having in this, in this gathering talking to you guys and I'm having a very personal moment. of like, I've got so much work to do. <laughs> like oh. I've got to get my shit together. I've got to know where I'm going. And if I'm going to have a partner, like clearly these guys have it figured out. Like, uh, and you know, because there was just a comfort and, uh, and, uh, and an ease. Um, and I, and I see it mm-hmm. in other couples that are just like, they know who they are and they're good. Um, and I'm like, I'm not even close. (laughs) I was like, and so you were, uh, you and Aaron are one of those couples. Like, even though I've not hung out with you guys, um, you know, I don't, God, I don't know if I've seen the two of you together um, since that. Since then, yeah. Um, but you guys stood out. Like, okay, I see this working, and I have other friends um, that are, you know, role model couples. And I don't think I would have met my partner and um, been able to have the relationship that I, I had with her had uh, I not seen couples like you and my other wow. friends and been able to pick out little things like that, which kind of goes back to why I think that it's so important to have amazing people in your life for no other reason that they're amazing and they're in your life. Like, because right. it does help you. It really does help you. In your own life, by some magical, (laughs) you know, thing,
1: and it can be in the weirdest of ways. Like it, in those moments, like you might not identify, like what what attracts me to this person. But it, like, there, I think that's what it is. I think it's just reading energies, and it's just like this. Feel like I like being around this person. I know that I don't know how, but I need to surround myself by this person more, and finding the control of like I can choose who I want to be around and meeting new people and I like this person's energy and they make me laugh or I don't know like I see qualities in certain people that I I would like to have so Mm -hmm. my by surrounding myself with this person maybe that'll rub, rub off on me and it's funny because like approaching 35 I don't think I've had more learning lessons than like this year like just identifying like that makes sense, and more like gumption to like just do things. Like mm-hmm. I'm doing a lot of random stuff, and it's funny because it's not like a midlife crisis thing, but it's just a why not? Like yeah. I went through this pattern of like stopping myself from all these different things, and I could have choose to have all these reasons why I can't do something. You know, I can't I have a kid, and he has he has baseball and he has football, and he's gonna do both, and now that takes up four days of my week, and I have a career and I have a relationship, and how am I gonna do this, this, and this? But like Aaron did the marathon, not last year because COVID, but the Mm -hmm. year before. And he really wanted to set a goal to um, do, finish the marathon before he turned 30. And so I bought it for him as a gift for Christmas and he accomplished it. It felt amazing. In the moment of training and all this stuff, you're like, why am I doing this? I don't like running. I don't like training. What am I doing? But then in the moment, you just have that feeling of accomplishment and like purpose and purpose when you're training. And it's like, And so after, even though he was in so much pain, he was like, I got to do it again. And I was like, okay, I wanted your first one to be just solely you, like something you can just like do your own thing because of everything that was going on. I Mm -hmm. thought it was important for him to have his own alone time. But then I was like, okay, this time I'm going to do it with you. And I just like, it was one of those things that I was like, are we going to like, am I going to stop myself? (laughs) And then I just hit register and I'm like, all right, we're doing it and so now i just i enjoy it cuz it's it's like it's something new and i never thought at, i don't know i thought at 34 at this point in time even though beforehand it was like yeah you can do whatever you want whenever you want that i would just stop myself and it's kind of like a i'm living in this why not kind of situation yeah. and you know I, I while i love what i do i want to continue to do more and so um, years ago in 2017, I, a buddy of mine had gotten me, like, for a birthday gift, a hot air balloon ride kind of, oh, type cool. of thing. And so we did that experience and met some cool people. And one of those individuals was this amazing woman, and she was going through her own journey of life. And when we had met her, she was sharing with us, like, why she's doing this, this hot air balloon is to, like, get over her fears. And she's starting to do, check off all these things on her list that she told herself she couldn't do she would never do and there's a whole lot to, like a, a lot of like now why i recognize in that moment like i i like the energy of that person and i wasn't really sure why and maybe it was just her vulnerability and her openness to share like she was like i lost x amount of pounds like when i when we when i met her she was the the have like the heaviest she had said she had Mm -hmm. ever been and to this day like she's a completely different person she makes six figures she's a very successful person she's on a cover of like successful women's magazines and so I would see that on Facebook and I would recognize that like girl, you are killing it like from when I met you and you shared your stories of like where you were um it just kind of broke that wall down of like Everyone has a journey. Everyone's going through something. And then when you and I talked about it helpful to see people break through that threshold of like, I know I can build my own success and whatever that way means to me. It's like, oh, I can do it too. Like that, she's just a regular person, and so, like for example, she's 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 built a lot of success doing stocks and options. And mm-hmm. I was like, I want to learn. I know nothing about it. Like this is foreign to me, but I want to learn. And so now I'm like learning that along with everything else. And it's just a why. Like why not be open? pay attention to the relationships that are the types of people that you're meeting and everyone Mm -hmm. has something to offer. And you could be that person to so many people in the smallest of ways, you know, like the gym, for example, just saying hi to someone could build their confidence of them. Like, Oh man, I didn't like, Oh, I'm being seen. Yeah. You know?
0: I mean, it's it's the number one thing. I feel like we could all do for each other is just um, acknowledge that we see each other. Like if mm -hmm. we just, start there, I think that is a massive improvement from, you know, head down, you know, eyes averted and, you know, just going about my day. I mean, and, you know, maybe we can't be like that Every single day, all day long, right? You know, sometimes maybe we do need to kind of be introspective and and shut down. I know sometimes I go take the dogs for a walk and like I have headphones on and I'm like, God, I hope I don't run into any neighbors today because I (laughs) I just want to kind of be here. Um, And then other days, like I hope I run into neighbors because I just kind of want to. I don't know. It's a beautiful day and I just kind of feel like sharing, you know, where I'm at. Um, But in any I try, and this is not always easy, but even no matter how shut down I am, uh, on a certain day, I try to be open where if someone they need maybe to talk to someone, I try to be open to that and know that, you know, maybe it will, um, maybe it'll get me out of my head. Maybe it'll help me. Maybe it'll help them. You know, I have no idea what will come of it but I just need to be open to it because I would want someone to be open to me if I needed to talk on that day, um, you know, for, for whatever reason. And like, I would, I would say like, it's definitely been an amazing experience at times when you end up meeting someone unexpected and like, and they just change your whole day around just because you're open to the idea that it could happen. Someone might want to talk to you and no matter how bad you feel, you're going to just stay open to that possibility. And then when they do, it's like, oh shit, like I got a new opportunity or a new, you know, perspective or whatever. And it's kind of a a cool thing. Um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a learned skill as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think anyone can be, uh, anyone can be, you know, the positive person in your life and they don't necessarily ever have to know it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of a, a cool thing also. Like I'm sure you yeah. guys had no idea um that when I met uh Aaron that there was like I had like a oh geez <laughs> like, I've got work to do. <laughs> no, so.
1: not at all. But it's it's cool to, to hear. Um, just because, like, you know, we all go through those moments and you know yourself, but you know what you're thinking in that moment when you meet a specific person yeah. or types of people. But it's cool to, to hear the other side. And that's why when we were chatting, it, it was about this podcast and about this. Like, I just thought it was so cool because that's something that's an avenue that I was always intrigued about, right? Like, everybody has a journey, everybody has certain things that they define as they're just negative situations that, that made them who they are. Right. Yeah. And it, and, and it varies and it, it, it can be something it's like someone's day, something negative that happens in someone's day can be so different, but the impact can be the same across the board. It can be for one person. It could be, I got a traffic ticket today and it just like yeah. totally wrecked my day. One person, it could be, I had a best friend pass away. One person it could be, you know, I failed my real estate exam. So you just never know. Um, but those moments shape people and it gives some type mm. of humility and like, it, you know, when you know that everyone's kind of going through something, you're kind of like all in it together. Yep. Um, you just, it, you know, it's that feeling of aloneness and isolation. For me, that's one aspect. Like I, when I meet people, I, I don't like to to see signs that like someone is alone so yeah. like because you will never know so like sometimes like it can be the most peppy energetic oh, person yeah. in the room and they feel the most alone and so just i don't know authentic and like i don't know you know when you meet people it, it can change that for sure
0: yeah i mean it the being seen being understood is so important and the, um, and just acknowledging it sometimes is all that's needed. Like, you don't necessarily have to have an in-depth conversation either. Like, I mean, I've definitely had those moments with people at the gym or, um, you know, like, you know, I, I go to rock climbing gyms, um, not so much because of the pandemic, but, um, and so, you know, if you send something, if you, if you climb something that you've, had a tough time with and someone just arbitrarily says oh that's amazing or oh I have the hardest time with that like it just it just validates yeah. or changes it recontextualizes and just gives whole new meaning and sometimes can can you know be all the difference in the world and like yeah. maybe that's the entire interaction is just you know two seconds but it, yeah it's an amazing how big of a A shift that can make in your day or someone else's day
1: what do you think about like because i think experiences shape people and obviously going through things like me personally like going through things helps you tap into like the thought of like self-growth and self-improvement of like oh i can do this but you know for certain people it's like it's i'm get curious where i'm like what makes someone make that decision to say hey, I, I want to improve myself, I can improve myself, I'm going to start listening to these types of podcasts, or these types of audiobooks, or start reading these types of books, like, I feel like a lot of the times, it's someone, um, like, discovering that first, and then you sharing that experience, and then you're like, oh, I can do that too, but, um, like, because how was your journey with that?
0: Well, I mean, because I've been, I've always been so hard on myself uh, and so um, determined to be my best from a little age, from a young age. And part of that started with my grandfather. Um, my, dad's a, my dad's an existentialist and an atheist and, you know, doesn't believe in any of the woo-woo stuff, doesn't believe in, you know, any, any uh, religious and philosophically, he's very much in line with the existentialists and the, and the, um, materialists, um, material, just meaning, um, every, everything is, comes out of material. So right. the mind and consciousness is nothing more than a, uh, perturbation or a, a, um, an anomaly in, in the, um, you know a, a kind of a bug in the in the system so my dad is yeah. very and he's very intellectual very smart um and that really affected me because i have such a natural bend towards spirituality and and mm-hmm. kind of mysticism and and ephemeral uh things so for me on some level um as a as an athlete as a martial artist been doing it my entire life but it wasn't until i i think it wasn't until i fired my friends you know and moved down to the west side that i was like i'm changing everything and, yeah and i need anything and i need all the help i can get because now i'm alone i don't know who my friends mm-hmm. are anymore i don't know mm-hmm. if any of these people are going to want to you know make the journey over the hill which in los angeles Um, for people who don't (laughs) live in Los Angeles, that's a big deal (laughs) or going to the East side from the West side or vice versa. Um, so for me, that was like the big shift because it was like, I need all the help I can get because I'm alone or I, or I might be all alone, um, now. And I don't know if I can do it because at that time I'm, I was 30, 32 maybe when I moved to the mm-hmm. west side this is like 12 years ago so well I'm 35 so or 45 now I'll be 46 this summer so I don't know right in my early 30s uh, I moved down here so however long ago, 13 years ago I moved down here or whatever um and like I literally was just like anything and everything what can help me and I feel like Um, because I used to teach meditation in my early twenties and mindfulness because I've been doing it my entire life and I didn't understand why people were so moved by it or and why they were like, like, I felt like if I said, let's jump off a bridge, they were like, okay, great. Which bridge? Right. Um, It was weird. And I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like the power and I didn't understand it because I just always relied on myself and my father always kind of had that, you know, um, that kind of existential where nothing, the connections aren't real. So I didn't trust when I felt energy between people. Um, So I always like, am I crazy (laughs) or is Mm -hmm. this real? Um, And so I've kind of come to the conclusion for myself um, because of the way I was like, I just need help. I need whatever help I can get. Um, I'm not where I want to be in life. Things haven't gone the way I planned and everything else that I wanted, I was able to materialize very easily, but my career was not working out the way I I expected. Um, And So I was like, what else can I do? And um, in doing that, I also found that other people um, were going through the same thing. And I started, you know, looking for because my mind works on ideas. Like I, I want nothing but ideas. I don't really care who said it. I don't care where it came from. And it's only important where it came from. If you're going to, you know, put it in a paper, apply it, Yeah, Yeah, apply it. Well, not even then, because (laughs) this is so ADD all over the place. But um, (laughs) so a friend of mine was applying for medical school and she asked for some help, you know, would you read these because she hadn't gotten in anywhere and very smart, very capable. Um, and she's 32 or 33 going back to college, you know, and trying to figure this out and go to med school. So she's late in the game. And, um, so I immediately start questioning some things. And one of them, one of the things that I questioned was a quote, and I'm right. like, who is this person? I'm like, you cannot quote something, and this is an amazing quote. I love this quote, but you can't. In a paper, you have to cite who your source is, and you can't put this person as a source unless you know who who they are. Right. It turned out this person was like a big big leader for the white supremacist KKK movement. Wow. And she had no idea. And um, so I was like well, we got to find a new quote because, you know, yeah. it's a great quote, but this person stands for everything y- you're against, Right? you know, especially going to be a doctor. So at that point in time, we had to find a new quote for her, immediately the next three schools she applied to, she got, I think, waitlisted on one and, and got accepted to the other two. So wow. that quote for, for based on what we could tell, it, it was being held back by that one person. So, the advice that person was giving was solid, but in, in invoking his name, no good. So, right. like that's why I believe, and I've always believed this, but that was just an example. Ideas, it doesn't matter where they come from, if they provide value and don't provide pain to to you know other people or, yeah. or to other people, um, even if where they came from comes from someone that might've been a horrible son of a bitch. Right. Um, Because there's still value there and you can still take that. You just can no longer invoke them. So that's kind of, that's why I love the ideas more than um, anything else uh, because it, it, it lends, they lend themselves to empowering people regardless of, of where they're coming from or what their background is. so, and I have found that, like me, most people come to this stuff out of necessity. Mm-hmm. So if they want to really do self-development, there's something that happened in their life that made is a wake-up call. yeah, it's some mm-hmm. sort of awakening. And it could be spiritual, it could be physical, it could be mental, it could be some combination. But if they don't have an awakening uh, to... Something that they are drastically missing uh, in their life, something that's in, that they have come to determine as as important or valuable, and they don't have it, and they don't know why they don't have it, and they don't know how to get it, then their only answer is to go, who knows? Right. And that's when self development, you know, uh, personal development, business development, all of this, you know, kind of, you know, self help books and podcasts and everything else comes into play because, you know, you, you, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. So, yeah. you know, if the person isn't thirsty, it doesn't matter what information they're, they're being shown. And I think that, you know, the value, like Tim Ferriss is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. Um, he focuses, he's very, very regimented in his interview. I feel like he, he has one of the things that I want to do is I want to dig into some of the things that make people tick, um, and understand them and see them beyond their accomplishments. Because if we just talk about the millions of dollars in homes that you've sold, we'll be like, okay, yeah, this person's amazing, successful. Like Nick is clearly a great real estate agent but we don't necessarily see how you got there. And we don't necessarily understand mm-hmm. why you're able to sell multimillion dollar homes. And just yeah. saying that you you have a system and you work it, um, well, any, anyone can say that. All right. And you know, there's a, an element uh, to your story and why money was important to you that comes alive when you talk about you know, your parents and uh, living with you and you know, going through college and needing to pay your way through. Um, and so, of course you're gonna be sex- successful because you have to be successful because that's a, a, value, a valuable thing to you. Right. And, and you're gonna figure it out. And so if other people have that same need, they're going to listen to this and say, Oh, I get it. This is why I need this. Right. And, and i just have to do it. Like there isn't like, because people who aren't successful, I feel like the only reason why they're not successful is because they haven't found the way and they've probably had enough excuses to never yep. feel uh, willing Willing or able to Observing, do whatever yeah. it takes. Yeah, yeah. Um. And if you're not willing to do whatever it takes, then you will not get there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you have to compromise yourself as as a human, as as a moral, ethical person. It doesn't mean you have to betray anyone or shit on anyone. All it means is, you know, for instance. I sell insurance to make a living right now. Like I would love to do this full time and have mm-hmm. and work with people and do nothing but that. But that's not where I am today when we're right. recording this. And if you had told me seven years ago, I think I've, I've been doing insurance for like six years now. So seven years ago, if you told me that I was going to be selling insurance, I would say, go fuck yourself. There's no (laughs) possible way. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. That's like, sounds like the most miserable thing that I could ever imagine. And it's been, it turns out it's been one of the greatest learning lessons and the most valuable things I've ever done uh, from a business standpoint, because it allowed me to learn things, hone skills that I wasn't even aware that I had um and develop an understanding um of you know other things and other business practices that I'd used before but I don't I don't know if I knew why I used them I just used right. them because you know I grew up in a business family and we were entrepreneurs and that's what we did and all of a sudden um you know doing insurance has, has forced me to look at I can't think of any specific examples right now but it forced me to look at certain things in a different light and go, okay. Um, So I feel like I'm ready to move on now and ready to move to the next chapter. Um, But, you know, I got to do what I got to do. And what I got to do right now is sell insurance for, you know, maybe another day, maybe another week or maybe another year. And um, that's what I mean by you've got, you have to be willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah, And for everyone that's gonna look different, and it doesn't yeah. mean you have to you know sell your soul or compromise your morals or ethics or anything like that and I've seen i I was actually coaching someone, and um they they were a good friend of mine uh or still are a good friend of mine, and part of the problem was we were too too friendly too mm-hmm. too and I don't know. I feel like I failed him because I wasn't able to get him to see that. I understand you don't want to do this, or you don't think this is the way it should be, but this is the way it is. And as soon as you accept that you will do it and you will get past this and you will move past this bump in the road. And, um, I mean, he ended up moving past it in his own way in his own time, but I think because we were friends first and um, he wasn't able to listen to me as an authority mm-hmm. um, in you, you've got to do what it takes. And I don't, Yeah, and I don't think you're getting it. And he just didn't, he didn't hear me. And so I feel like yeah. I failed him um, because of that. Um, but it's funny because as soon as he was in a position where he had to figure it out he did figure something else out mm-hmm. and he did you know get past that bump and you know get to the next um, you know place in his in his journey so
1: yeah. yeah i mean i think that's so impactful i think we have to you have to surround yourself with at least one person that's willing to tell you the truth that's willing to tell it like it is and we ourselves have to program ourselves to better be that person for other people Mm -hmm. um because there's a balance you don't have to be a dick and like you know dish it out in a way that's like very blunt but but just in the way of like being honest and telling people like hey you gotta shake out of this like you gotta get your shit together you gotta do this if you want to change we so desperately need people need people like that in their lives. And I don't think there's very many people that are comfortable enough to do that. Um, unless it's just within human nature, maybe yep. they've gone through things where they're like, look, I'm not a bad person. I'm telling you this because look, take it for what you, like take it or leave it. But I think this is what you need. And not a lot of people do that. And it's funny cause like I seek friendships like that now. Like you want, you want to be around people that aren't just going to tell you what you want to hear. And I too don't want to know. I no longer want to be the type of person that just tells people what's going to make them feel comfortable. I want to make an impact by telling people things that are actually going to shape them to be better people, you know, whether it's work or personal.
0: And I think it's, I think it's a fascinating thing when that happens, because when that starts to happen. I feel like your entire friend group changes or at least that's Mm -hmm. what it was for me. And all of a sudden, like the people that you're closest with are the people that are the most honest with you. And Mm -hmm. they clearly care for you the most. And the people who aren't as honest uh, or aren't as forward, uh, aren't as as close with you. Mm -hmm. And, and then Conversely, if you're really uh, honest and and forthcoming with other people, um, if they're ready for it, then they will become closer with you. If they're not ready for it, they won't cut you out because they know you're right or they know you're valuable, um, but they may not be able to handle it because yeah. it's a little too intense. It's a little too much, yep. um, and you know. So we've got to learn. I've had to learn how to back off. Um, and be like, yeah, they don't need to know this right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, definitely. Um, well,
1: it's it's even it's even similar and interesting because like now with uh little man, I'm like, I I wish people would learn how to have this self-discovery at an earlier age. Like I have my own thoughts about like schooling systems and education and what I think would be valuable for learning you know at younger ages and i and at, in the same vein i see friends and parents and certain people that just do it like like that are like oh yeah i have a 13 14 year old and they're learning entrepreneurship at a young, early age or and you know easy. i have You're my five
0: them to now but it's not yeah. like it was oh yeah you know yeah exactly I mean, it's... in the last five years the world's changed for what an entrepreneur can be Oh and yeah, to do and it. Even,
1: even the accessibility to um, self-growth, right? Like, okay, someone can throw on an AirPods and be totally discreet and just, it's free. There's so many tools and resources out there to just mm-hmm. learn and develop themselves without anyone ever knowing it's not seen as this like negative association of like, I need to work on myself. I'm, that means that I'm not in a good place or I'm depressed. Okay, like it's, I'm acknowledging that and I'm aware of that. I want to get out of it. So I'm going to do things to try and get myself out of it. It's so widely, it's it's more widely accepted. But even with that, I'm like, you know, you got to pick and choose your moments. But, and it's like, as much as I want to be like, read this, learn this, this. And then other people might be like, whoa dude way too young seven eight yeah you there's moments where i realize like they're learning lessons like okay you know and and that's the cool thing about like learning how to be a parent is is like you def- you find these moments that are good moments to teach the things that you so desperately crave to learn about He's yourself and it you're to just waiting when they're ready exactly <laughs> yeah and it's just like yeah it's not forced it's not pressured yeah. it's just like hey, you know, look at this situation like this. Um,
0: I think there's got to be, there's got to be, I think a new school system or a new kind of cultural movement um, towards becoming more self-aware and more accepting of ourselves at an early age, because the faster we can accept ourselves, the easier And faster we can accept other people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like in in implementing some sort of cultural shift where we are able to accept each other, this whole idea of council culture is going to go away. The, um, all the hatred and vitriol and side picking, you know, is going to go away because we really truly are in this together, whether we like it or not you know, we're on, I've, this is a thing for me and I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna brand some of the episodes starting with, um, you know, starting, I think on episode three, Mm -hmm.
1: um,
0: that, you know, we live on the same earth and we drink the same water and we breathe the same air and that's just our reality. And we need to Mm -hmm. wake up to that and we need to stop taking it for granted. And once we see that we'll realize we're in this together. We're on mm-hmm. the same spaceship traveling, you know, through space at 28,000 miles an hour spinning around, you know, a big glowing ball mm-hmm. like it or not, you know, this is, this is our reality. So we need to accept that. And then I feel like everything else can come. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. hundred percent. Um We've been talking, I think, for like two hours now, so it's a little bit longer than uh, than expected, but it's been awesome. So at I some point it. in time, perhaps um, you know, we could do a round two because I think maybe there's more philosophizing and there's probably maybe even more laser focused on certain areas or elements. Um, but this has been great.
1: I would love to. Yeah, yeah. I would love to be back on. I, yeah, it, it's been awesome. It's been awesome.
0: Thank you for being here. Um, Don't forget to leave a comment or review. I'd love to hear your thoughts. New episodes every Tuesday. And for short clips from each episode, check out YouTube. Thank you. And don't forget, your life story is yours to write and rewrite as many times as you want.